Hello, and welcome to the 15th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. This week I have with me the great Ian Patrick Hines, a self-taught developer and a freelancer building sites on the popular platform Nation Builder. Uh, welcome, Ian, and for the people who don't know kind of who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I'm very excited to be on it. Um, you did a pretty good job of introducing me right there, but uh, but uh, a couple of things that that uh, I'm pretty stoked about are I'm doing a podcast as well called With Families, which is totally not like this one. <laughs> um, it's it's like I literally when I submitted it to the iTunes Store, I called it a, a like a parenting podcast. It's all about sort of like working from home or doing sort of creative work, um, and also having families because like so many people in the industry don't. Right, and it's it sort of becomes this whole thing where we all compare like our output and our our time and, and all, our attention to these these folks, and it's not really a level playing field, right? Some people are single in San Francisco with too much time on their hands, no offense, <laughs> and some people are uh, are you know working from home in the suburbs with three kids, right? Yeah. And like you sort of, it, it, and that's a thing. So I do that, and uh, and like you just said, I uh, for for a living, I um. I make nation builder websites, so I'm a I'm a wannabe designer, mostly developer, uh, building uh, sites on nation builder. Which, if you haven't heard of it, is a really great community organizing platform. Yeah, I mean, nation builder, from what I've read, is a fantastic platform and also a great a great platform to learn uh, a different syntax to uh, to learn Liquid because I know that's what they build their templates on. Um, but before we get into nation builder, I'd sort of like to start by finding out how you got your start on the web. I think, you know, going back to our, everyone goes back to their roots a little bit, uh, helps to sort of set the stage. Yeah. Um, well, so, so as is the theme, right. I, I'm self-taught. I've never taken an official, I, I didn't go to school for this or anything like that. I didn't even go to like part, like I, I I've taken some team tree house classes, if that counts. But, um, <laughs> it does count. I think a lot of people use that. I, I consider even using tree houses as self being self-taught. Oh, there you go. So, um, so, so I, uh, I've been at this a while, but never sort of officially. It's always been a hobby until about a year ago or a little less than that. Um, I first got involved in websites in 2003, which sounds like forever ago now. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, was, I was into politics, actually, and I got looped in with the Howard Dean campaign. You know, yeah, right? And, uh, and I was their blog manager. Uh, so I was only 17, and I was sort of roped into this national political campaign, and they were working on movable type at the time, which is what everybody was using. In movable, movable type and meetup, right? That's right, movable <laughs> type and meetup. And so I was all into it, right? And I, I learned how to, to edit the themes, and I was like, oh, I could do this. It sort of opened up my whole eyes to this uh, this possibility that like, I could have my own blogs. And so for like the next year, I was building and tearing apart my own blog like once a month, right? And I was doing all these like kind of artsy fartsy themes all the time they didn't call them themes right at the time <laughs> templates or i don't even know what we call them but uh i did that for a while and uh and then i never really got into it my dad told me hey, you know i kind of lured this over him and but my dad told me that uh that like you needed to get a real job right like you know making websites wasn't really work <laughs> and so um so i finished going to school for political science and i did that for years i was communications director for state government agencies and that kind of thing um all the way up until 2012. Um, and all, the whole time I was sort of tooling around with it on my own, I, I, would, I used to do the link blog thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I built stuff on WordPress and Tumblr and Expression Engine and all kinds of different front-end frameworks, but the, uh, or not frameworks, but CMSs. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, 
I got fed up with the politics, and I uh, I quit, and I moved to Los Angeles to work at Nation Builder, at, at sort of not as a tech guy, but as a sales guy, basically as a as a sales and support guy, and uh, and after a couple of months of being there, sort of both me and Nation Builder realized that I wasn't actually a very good salesman. <laughs> so, so, but I did know the product very well at that point. I had sort of really learned it very well. And, uh, and so they moved me to the tech team where I started doing like, uh, like bug triage and, uh, and documentation and theme help for customers and that sort of stuff. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. And the more confident I got at my ability to actually do this. And, you know, working around, like, real engineers gives you some perspective on, like, whether you're actually decent at it or not. You know, the whole imposter syndrome thing kind of starts to fade a little bit for you when you're... Uh, it, it only fades. Yeah. A, it only fades a little at the beginning. Let's be only honest. Only a little, but like, <laughs> and I still have it all the time. But the the sort of working alongside like like real qualified engineers sort of gave me a, a different kind of a baseline of what like what qualified really meant. And uh, and the more I did that, the more I was like, you know, I could do this myself. And so in November, um, I I went and started freelancing, and uh, it's been fantastic. It's so interesting that you talk about. Uh, what qualified really means because I went through the same dilemma too. Uh, I was kind of forced into it. I was unemployed for about six months and for about the two years leading up to that, I had been, you know, searched, I had been learning to code and learning to build sites. Um, but like, I never thought that I could actually do it full time. And then all of a sudden I started applying for web web dev jobs and I started going on interviews and a couple of them, I completely bombed. And then finally one clicked. Um, and I'm with that team now and it's great. And, it's so funny how like your confidence sort of changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For for me, actually, what it was is I, I can't remember. I feel actually a little embarrassed that I can't remember somebody that I know on Twitter. One day they were like, and I've, I've been on pretty pretty active guy on Twitter for a long time. Um, I actually you know, I know right that now, I know that I'm for like, sure. We've been Twitter we've been Twitter friends for like multiple years now. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> And there was actually a point where I had killed my Twitter account uh, for work because I was working in politics and it sort of caused me some trouble, right? You know, when you're somebody else's spokesman, saying too many of your own thoughts can be a problem. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and it, it caused me some, some professional trouble. So I deleted my Twitter account with like 20,000 tweets, like maybe in 2011. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I started over and now I have like 26,000 tweets again. So I'm, I'm a pretty loud Twitterer. But, um, but somebody on Twitter had, had sort of put out there in, in uh, summer-ish of 2012, they're like, hey, you know, Asana is hiring for this communications designer job. I was like, that sounds fun, right? So I interviewed, for, I put in for that, and uh, and I got interviewed for it three times. Wow. And I didn't end up getting it, um, partly because I'm not very good at Photoshop, right? And so, like, my, my like, legitimate design chops are weak. And, uh, and mostly when I build sites, I just work around it, right? Like, I just don't. I, I'm sort of very text heavy and uh, and icon- iconography. I don't do a lot of illustration or anything like that. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, like, uh, and I, f- so, I fake design 100. Well, it's not fake. It's just a, it's a it's a it's a style. You know, it's just yeah. not my style to do a lot of gradients and textures and imagery. Anyway, but the uh, but I, I didn't get the job. But I really enjoyed the interviewing, uh-huh. right? Like a lot. And I was it was sort of I'd never interviewed for a job like that before. And I was so excited about it, right, that I had been applying for all these, like, communications director-type jobs at nonprofits in D.C. and the like. And uh, and after I did interview for that job, I was like, screw that. I'm doing – I need to get a job in this business. <laughs> <laughs> and so I applied for gigs at Pinterest and Foursquare and sort of I just went down the, the startup list until I finally found the one uh, that, that worked out for me, which was Nation Builder. That's awesome. So, you know, 
you had a real, uh, you know, really nice path to it. I mean, you did communications and, you know, it sort of it sort of lends itself to being like, oh, this is this sounds cool. And then you started learning and you get really into it. But for the people who are like sort of doing something that's completely not creative and not uh, not necessarily in the communications field or no, that doesn't even touch the web web field, you know, like for argument's sake, someone who's a teacher or somebody who's I don't know, you you pick it. Um, why should they sort of get why do you think that people in general should get into web development and coding? You know, like the, that's the buzzword now is like everyone should learn to code. But like. Why? Why? Um, I don't know that I actually agree that everybody should learn to code. I think. That's oh, I I wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. But yeah, it's a, it's a trendy <laughs> thing to say, right? But but what I, what I think people mostly mean when they say that is that everybody should learn how how computers work. Maybe is what they really are sort of meaning. Yeah, and um, and so. You know, I was I was actually thinking about this. I was describing this yesterday. I was, I've been building a, a template in Nation Builder that is actually incredibly uh, logic heavy, right? There, there's sort of because Nation Builder is a two way database integration, right? So the, the CMS really integrates with this people database. So it's all sort of all these conditionals. That if this is true, then do that. And if this is true, then do that. And it's not uh, it's not content driven. It's actually user driven. Yeah. So there's an there's an element of this that's very programmy, right? It's, it's like writing software to a degree anyway i want to undersell how complicated writing real software is but the but you know and i was talking to somebody about that and i realized that like that's algebra basically right and 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 so what i think people should learn is how computers work i don't think everybody really needs to know how to do it themselves but if you're curious how to do it yourself, right? If you're sort of if, if if it sparks your imagination, I think the reason you should do it is because it it you can make anything. If you can imagine it, you can build it, right? If you're patient enough to learn, it's like learning. It's like people to refer to like programming languages. It's just like learning a language. Like if you could learn Spanish, you could learn Ruby, right? And and once you know it, you can make anything that you're your heart desires, right? Like, and, and that is just incredibly liberating. It, I used to always compare it to like, I've always had this fascination with like actual, like, like artisan crafts, like, uh, like building chairs or making like beautiful, like axes and like, like tools, like, you know, like, like handcrafted tools and, and sort of the, the care and the attention to detail that goes into that. And then the, the feeling that you must have when you make this beautiful thing and then somebody buys it from you, right? Like they want to own it and then they love it, right? And, and building on the web can be like that if you want it to be, right? Sort of if you chase it, you can find that place where, where you make these things for people and they just change somebody's life. And, uh, and it, it could be you could be the somebody for yourself. You could make the website that changes your own life. Um, and it's, and I that's mean, just so special. Yeah, I mean, it's the web is I mean, it's such a special place and a special, you know, an opportunity to sort of like break out of your own shell and like be sort of like anything you want to be. Um, you're a very motivated guy. I mean, you're working extremely hard building a ton of freelance sites. You're building uh, what. I would consider what I'd call a fledgling community commu- uh, community of a couple of freelancers on the web uh, who interact, you know, somewhat daily. Um, so, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? And what's kept you going as you've learned? Hmm. I don't. I don't. I think the 
it's, it's sounds cheesy. But the biggest thing that keeps me going is that this is my job, and I have a wife and three kids who really depend on me for everything. And so, like, I, I, I don't, I have to keep going, right? Like, I've got to make the ends meet. And so, um, so, like, sometimes I'm taking on more clients than I would really like at a given time because I can do it. And, it, you know, you never know when two months from now the clients aren't going to be there, right? So, so that's a big part of it. But, the, but that's that, I would be kind of disingenuous if I said that was the whole thing. I mean, I think that I really enjoy doing it and I like to learn new things and not in sort of like an academic way, right? Like, like I've been wanting to, like, take the treehouse course for how to program in rails for months. I sort of tell myself I've wanted to do it. I never do it because <laughs> I don't really want it. If I really wanted it, I would do it. But what I, what I really like doing is like the, you know, I get bored when the client projects are basically repetitive, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to build the same website five times a month or five times every two months. Like I just, I'm, I'm working on one of those right now, frankly, where, where it's substantially similar to a site I made last month. And I know it, and I know they're going to love it when it's done, right? And it, but it's the same site I made last month, and like I don't want to keep doing that. So, concurrently, I'm working on another project where I'm really pushing the limits of what, at least as far as I know, anybody's ever built on Nation Builder, and we're building this really amazing uh, sort of organizing dashboard where, where the supporters of this campaign are going to be able to log into the website as if it was a web app, because it is. And, uh, and they're going to sort of get personalized calls to action and track their progress and it's just, it's amazing. And, uh, and I built it because I want to know how to, right. I sort of imagined it and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure we could do that. And I actually hit a wall. Uh, you know, you, you may have, I was talking about this in our, in our little freelancer chat room that we're in, but the, but the, uh, I, th- I had an idea that I thought would be great and nation builder can't handle it <laughs> basically. And, uh, and it's just, it's just one little bit is that I can't, I can't tear the, the database queries in the right sequence because the liquid can't handle that syntax. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it should be, you know, for every sign up or for every follower in the list of this person's followers that is also a prospect. And it's that last bit, yeah. right? The, the two tiered query can't do it. And I was so frustrated, but you know, I'll find another way. Yeah, for sure. That's what's fun. So, I mean, that's obviously what, what's, <clears throat> what's keeping you motivated day to day now as you build, you know, your freelance life. I'm I'm wondering, you know, as you were learning to code, as you were working with people at Nation Builder, sort of on whatever projects you were working on there, what kept you motivated when you were, you know, just starting out learning the basics? You know, even if you go back, even if you go back all the way to when you were on the Dean campaign working with them and you were learning whatever HTML and CSS you were learning there, sort of what kept you, you know, what said to you, you know, what kept you going on those, you know, on those projects? You know, I think I did a lot of the, the thing that, uh, that that I think I think a lot of people do this, where you you basically steal chunks of people's sites to build your own ones when you're learning, right? You sort of that's the that's the thing about web design, right? Is that the HTML and CSS of everybody's sites is sort of totally transparent. <laughs> if you want to know how it works, you just have to pick it apart. And the thing that that kept me going with that, I mean, I spent the first several years just sort of looking at sites I thought were great and trying to I would literally just download them. And then edit them, and edit them, and edit them, and edit them until they didn't look the same anymore, right? Until I was sort of satisfied that I, they were different enough that I wasn't really stealing. And in the process, I learned how they worked. And what what kept that 
doable for me, why I didn't kind of quit was because every time I got a little win, right, I was that much closer to figuring it out. And, uh, and bit by bit, I wasn't really editing them anymore, right? Um, I was just making them. And, and that was really rewarding. So I don't know that I ever really got to a point where I was like, man, I quit. Like, partly because it, there was never a sense of urgency at the time. It was just a hobby. I was just doing yeah, it for fun. For sure. Um, but it was just so rewarding to figure it out, I think. So I know you when built – it worked. What? I'm sorry? Well, when it worked. Yeah. Like, that was the thing. Like, like the, the – I think I feel, I feel like somebody was saying that the other day. Like where – it was what, – what was his name who was talking about sort of like he would, he would cram the studying, right? Like he would uh, just like um, listen to the Ruby courses Ma- like a hundred times. Matan Griffel. That's how yeah, he learned. That's how right? he learned. And, yeah. And, and he was saying that like when he – there was a point where, like, in the fourth time he took one of these classes, that it started to make sense to him, and then, like, it got easier from there. Like, yeah. that was what it was like for me. That's how just... that's how I'm feeling with JavaScript. I've been, like, trying to tackle it for probably, like, six months now, and I'm taking a course now, and it's finally – stuff is just starting to jive. Like, somebody said something in that class, and all of a sudden I'm like, bing, 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 and everything is working. It's, like – it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's like the feeling you have when you're learning a foreign language, right? Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a spoken language. And you can suddenly realize that, you, that you're walking down the street and you can just read the signs. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you're not fluent yet, right? Like you can't like hold a conversation in like a college class. No. But you're like walking down the street in, in Madrid and you realize that like you looked up at that sign and it said like dentist. And you didn't think, what does that word mean? Oh, wait, uh, that means dentist. You just saw dentist. <laughs> and you were like, this is amazing. I speak Spanish. You know, <laughs> right? you know like, for me, coding, like front end development has come, not easy, but it's, I've gotten it. I'm like getting it and understanding it. But foreign languages, I could never get them. So for anybody listening who had trouble with foreign languages, don't don't think that you're not going to be able to code also uh they're they're not necessarily go hand in hand but they're they're analogous but not the same yeah so i just want to i just wanted to clear that up so i know you build on nation builder exclusively now and i know i think that a lot of people when they first dive in to learning co- not necessarily just coding but you know trying to find a path you know in this web development world because there's so many that you can take and i think it's so interesting that you pick this niche because i think it's a it, it's it's a niche that obviously people need help in um political campaigns and nonprofit organizations are more and more relying on the internet and other tools on the web uh for them to raise money and to build communities and organize um and i know that from my previous life too uh in politics a little bit and you know i'm wondering if you could give somebody sort of uh, uh, any advice as to why Nation Builder might be the route for them to take when they're like when they've reached that stage that they know enough HTML and CSS to go that route as opposed to learning, let's say, WordPress as you know their CMS of choice. Sure. Um, so, so if I was first starting out, right? The, the, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question, but first I'm gonna answer a question you didn't ask. Okay. Which is when I'm when I'm very first learning. Right, like you're like I'm gonna make my first website. What are you gonna do? I would build it on Tumblr. Really? And, and the reason I would build it with Tumblr is because it has one template file. Tumblr is just one theme file, right? Like, and, and the whole thing is just logic within the file, right? So it's, it's if this is a loop or if this is like the index page, show it this way. If this is a post, show it this way, right? And there's like the five different kinds of posts, you know, photos, yeah. videos, and stuff. But that's it. 
And because one of the most intimidating things about theming is how all of the files fit together, right? You know, you, the header and the footer and the loop and the sidebar and the single page template, like all of these templates kind of interact yeah. in this dynamic way. And if you're not accustomed to working with that, it can be very uh, confusing. For sure. And, and I remember when I first, I had built on WordPress for years, but Nation Builder's template structure in particular is very complicated. Uh, for starters, all of the files sit in a single directory, which uh, if you can imagine, there's like 60 files all in the same folder. That sounds so confusing. It is. It can be incredibly confusing. And in, in actuality, there's like a, a structure to the way that the files are named and everything. And so like once you start to learn it, uh, it's not actually that confusing. But uh-huh. first, it can be really, really off-putting. And there's lots of like... Uh, sort of included partial templates and stuff. I'm sort of speaking in super geek language. <laughs> it's okay. Because the gist is, is that Nation Builder's uh, theming structure can be very complicated. And so kind of get your feet wet with a theme structure that's not complicated and like work your way into it. Because if you try to just jump into it, it'll be very frustrating. Tumblr is great to start with. Um, also because they use brackets for, for the, the variables and stuff. So it's sort of similarly written anyway, even though it's not really the same. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like once you, once you learn uh, any templating language, you know, I learned, uh, liquid for site leaf and now at work I'm using twig. You know, once you learn one, you can sort of pick up any other templating language pretty quickly. Totally. Totally. And so like, but if you're, if you're looking to, to, to sort of get good at something, nation builder is really a neat place to be because, it's so different than the only than WordPress or, or anything else. The only place that's sort of comparable is is Shopify, I think. And Shopify is sort of specifically geared at commerce. Yeah. But Nation Builder is geared at communicating with people. The, the way I explained it at this conference I went to this weekend, I spoke at this weekend, is that Nation Builder is uh, is designed to enable action oriented communication. Right. It's not just about talking to people. Or, or sort of, or sort of showing them content. It's all about getting them to do real things, in in pursuit of a goal, whatever the goal is. And some people who use it use it because they want to organize a community around a bar in their neighborhood, right? And their customers are at the bar. Some of them are doing it because they happen to be the UK Labour Party, and they're trying to win elections, right? Whatever. But the whole idea is around finding the people who are passionate about the things that you care about, connecting them to you and to each other. And then giving them a way to be active and make a difference, right? And and like that's where it's at. Like if you want to build websites that help change the world, you, you do that by by organizing people. And Nation Builder is without without compare uh, the best platform for that. So that's that would be the pitch there. Plus, it's sort of from a nerd level. There's so much cool stuff that you can do <laughs> because it's like a it's a, like I said before. It's a, it's a two way communication between nation builders uh people database right and its cms so not only do you write to the database as people take action on forms and stuff but you can read from it which at a super basic level means you can like say hi ruben welcome back right but it also allows you to do things like show you show a visitor all of the people who follow them on your network or all have they connected their twitter account or all sorts of stuff i mean that's amazing and i you know I've talked to you before about it and how I want to learn Nation Builder. I just need to find the time. So we just have a couple of minutes left, and I have a rundown of a couple of questions I like to ask uh, all of my guests. Um, so, and since you're a guest, you're going to get them all too. I'll Hopefully, be, I'll be try to be brief. No, you, we can we can go over a little. But uh, 
so you started on the web a long time ago. Uh, we won't count the number of years because it's a it's a bit ago. Um, but what would you tell uh, your se- if you could go back to yourself on the Dean campaign when you were first starting pulling apart websites? Uh, what advice would you give to yourself then? Uh, well, if I could go back and tell myself, uh, I probably would have told myself to to give it more of my attention, the, particularly the the development of the web design, right? Because I think I was reading an interview. Uh, Tim Van Dam was on the Great Discontent recently. Fantastic website, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so great that they got their Kickstarter funded. Yes. But, but so 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 Tim was interviewed for the Great Discontent, and he apparently like if you had read the first three paragraphs of him talking about how he got started in web design in two thousand three, like while he was in a punk rock band in high school, you may have thought it was me. <laughs> and in retrospect, I think to myself like that was the that was the beginning of an era, right? That was that was when web standards were becoming real, right? Um, and like when I when I started making websites, it was like in XHTML and CSS was like new. Like we were like just starting with CSS two, and uh, and I wish in retrospect that I had followed my heart and really done it rather than sort of let, talk myself out of it. It's so easy to talk ourselves out of something and, and do the the proven thing for sure. Um, and I wish I hadn't, but it all came. It all worked out in the end. Yeah. So also. What would you, if somebody was in your shoes now, sort of starting out, uh, getting on, you know, either getting on Treehouse or downloading other people's websites like you, uh, what what advice would you give them for just starting out? Don't steal people's <laughs> websites, right? There's nothing, and they know it. Everybody knows when you're stealing their site because they see somebody loading their page a hundred times on their analytics, right? Like, <laughs> you can always tell when somebody's stealing your stuff. Just don't do that. I mean, if you want to know how it works. Like, look at how it works, right? But but try to understand, um, try to understand the both the, the how and the why, right? Like, so so I build my sites mostly now on on foundation, right? So you don't really have to steal my site if you want to build a site like mine. Just go download foundation, right? And then uh, and then if you want, like you know, if you want to know how the header is designed, right? Peek at that, but then build it yourself using foundation, right? Like, and if you want to know, ask. There's so much so many resources that are that are good on on the web like there's just there's sort of no excuse for uh, for not solving the puzzle for right? sure so just don't rip anybody off that would be my my biggest advice that's and some, that's fantastic it happens so much yeah no it's it's so true um so you mentioned that you're a foundation guy i'm wondering if you could briefly tell me why you chose foundation over say bootstrap you know mm-hmm. as your code as your foundation of choice yeah, I don't like Bootstrap very much. Um, I mean, I, I'm probably going to have to use it on a handful of projects coming up because it supports IE8 still. Yeah, Foundation dropped it. Um, but I think that the syntax in Foundation is much easier to understand. You know, instead of the the CSS saying or the the, the attribute saying uh, BTN for button, it just says button. Yeah. Right. So like a little button in Foundation might say like, you know, a class uh, tiny button. Like literally, it says tiny button. Uh, all right. <laughs> and so, right. You, or, or the the rows will say like small dash four, medium dash six, like whatever row or columns, right? And like it's just so easy to read. And then the other uh, the other reason is because it is less heavy handed with the with the preset styles. 
like like bootstrap sites so often look alike because yeah. bootstrap itself is very heavy handed with the styles that they apply out of the gate um and so it becomes like a real chore to sort of deconstruct their style and replace it with yours whereas foundation looks incredibly raw out of the box um and then you have to sort of layer on the styles you want and i find that that kind of is nice because it sort of makes you it makes you build it your own way more nice. you can't you can't really launch a site on foundation without doing some of your own style because it would just look like shit that's that's probably fair sure so what's uh what's the favorite what's your favorite project that you've worked on uh besides your own website which i recommend everybody go check out because it's a great freelancer site uh well thank you um well that was that's probably my favorite but the um the one I'm working on right now is is there's there's two. One is the uh, a site that I made called mygathering.org, which was for a uh, a nonprofit up in Rhode Island that, that does you know sort of tries to empower young girls around the world. Um, that's a really neat neat site. Not because the site was particularly amazing to build on a technical level, but because the organization is just using the site so well. You know, they organize dozens of events all around the country and. And it's just it's so gratifying to see them really use it in a in a proactive way, and they were they were a pleasure to work with. And then the second one that I really love is this one I'm working on right now for uh, for Yes Scotland, which is the Scottish nationalist uh, referendum campaign. They're they're trying to pass a a referendum in the fall to secede from England from the UK. Oh wow! And it's it's just. It's really fun, and it, and that's the one I was referring to earlier when I said that we're really kind of pushing the limits of nation builders' uh, organizing power. And wow, you're, you, with a site like that, you're like really changing something. It's really true. Like <laughs> we're, we're genuinely nation building with this site. And yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's like a pun that's true. And then I mean, yeah. I feel like nation builder needs to shoot a commercial about na- actual nation building. It's funny, actually. They do that a lot. The the um. One of their first customers was uh, was this same group of people, but the Scottish Nationalist Party, the actual political party. Yeah. Back in two thousand seven, they uh, they used Nation Builder when they rose to power um, in Scotland, and uh, and so they, that's like the joke that the CEO uses all the time that like you know in their first couple of months they were actually nation building, and so now we're going back and doing it again. We're we're I'm working with them to build this uh, this dashboard um, where where the particularly for their youth and students campaign, kind of coming full circle from the Generation Dean thing that I was working on in. Ten years ago, and uh, and we're we're building this this online dashboard where young people are going to be able to log in, and and they're doing a, a specific initiative called Mine Plus Nine, yeah. where you're saying I'm I pledge my vote and I pledge to recruit nine other votes. Wow, that's and, fantastic! Yeah, and the dashboard will actually track who you've recruited. Wow, which is really really cool. Well, that is that is awesome. So we're running out of time, but I do want to know uh, what. What do you see as the future for Ian Patrick Hines as a you know as the freelancer and that kind of stuff? What do you see your future doing? Oh, I really like freelancing. I don't. I'm not. I'm not keen. It's not like a like a. I'm not doing this temporarily while I look for a job. Like this is what I what I'm happy doing right now. I have no interest in working full time for anybody. Because um, it just gives you so much free, freelancing is freedom, right? If it's going well for you, if it's not going well for you, it's just completely bankrupt misery. But and it's <laughs> and it's difficult. So let's be honest with ourselves; it it's difficult. not easy. The hours are really, really long, but the um, but it's so gratifying, right? And and so like I'm really happy doing that. And I, I think I think where I'd like to be uh, is is sort of continuing to push the limits with this this platform. And really, even though it probably is ultimately going to hurt my 
business a little bit to, to sort of grow the competition. I really want to kind of develop the nation builder community, which is so young. Like there's only like maybe four or five dozen nation builder, like certified nation builder architects or, or designers, right? And, uh, and most of them really don't build nation builder sites as their bailiwick, right? They sort of do it on the side. Um, and so I really want to kind of grow that community. I'm thinking about, for example, doing a once a month nation builder meetup in DC. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, like that kind of stuff. I really want to get into it. I really enjoy working with the with the customers and and teaching people about it. And I think I probably know about it as much about it as anybody does. So I kind of feel an obligation a little bit. That's awesome. So the last question I have for you is, uh, where can my get where can my listeners find you on the internet? You know, Twitter. What's your website? That kind of stuff. Sure. So so pretty much everywhere you can find me at Ian Patrick Hines, which is spelled I A N Patrick the usual way, H I N like Nancy E. S like Sam, uh, or if you just Google Ian Hines or Ian Patrick Hines, I pretty fantastic SEO because I use the three word name. <laughs> so, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Ian Patrick Hines or at Ian Patrick Hines.com, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. And your, your information and your background and your story really provides, uh, a different, a different view of why people should get online and learn how to code and different ways to go about it. So I thank you. And I want to thank everyone out there on the web for listening to this episode of how to hold a pencil. You can find uh, this episode and all 13 other episodes that I've recorded online at www.howtoholdapencil.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at hold a pencil, or you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber, R E U B E N I N G B E R. Once again, Thanks again. Once again, thank you to my guest, uh, Ian Hines, and I will see you all next week.